0: Hello, welcome to another chapter, another episode of the Hidden History of Texas. We're talking about the years 1830 through 1861. Now, in previous chapters, I've discussed life in Texas in the early 1830s. Well, actually 1831 and 1832, uh, 1830, (laughs) 31 and 32. I've told you about some of the effects the Law of 1830 had on the early settlers I covered the Anahuac Disturbances, the Battle of Velasco, and Turtle Bayou Resolutions, in which, in one of the more ironic moments in Texas history, many Texans pledged pledged their support to then-liberal Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana. Remember that name. Now, in this chapter, I was going to talk more about the conventions of 1832 and 1833, okay? And I'm also going to touch briefly on a proposed 1833 texas uh, constitution the convention of 1832 took place in the first week of october in 1832 there were 55 delegates all anglos no tejanos and they represented 16 districts the district of san fernando de bar a.k.a san antonio which was populated mostly by tejanos and the district of victoria did not send delegations now, a group of delegates from La Bahia, Goliad, arrived after the meeting had adjourned and they approved what had been passed. During the convention, Stephen F. Austin was elected president and Francis W. Johnson secretary. The convention also adopted a series of resolutions requesting a three-year extension of the tariff exemption to Texas. The delegates also requested a basic modification of the law of April 6, 1830, which would permit more general immigration from the United States. Now, because of the recent land title controversies, they also passed a resolution demanding the appointment of a commissioner to settle land titles in Texas. The delegates asked for a donation of government lands for the maintenance of primary schools to be conducted in Spanish and English. They also made a request for the Ayutumintau of Nacogdoches to prevent white encroachment on lands that had been guaranteed to Indians in East Texas. The convention also established a plan for organizing a militia and committees of vigilance, safety, and correspondence, which would be able to quickly spread any emergency news around the area. William H. Wharton was selected to present the resolutions to the Mexican Congress and state legislature of Coahuila and Texas. Rafael Moncola of the Goliad delegation was selected to accompany him, however, The resolutions were never presented to the Mexican government. Historians say there were several reasons the resolutions were never presented to the Mexican Congress. One primary reason was that the refusal refusal of San Antonio to cooperate with the convention made it seem that only Anglo colonists were dissatisfied. In addition, the political chief of the province, Ramón Musquiz, ruled that the meeting was unauthorized and therefore illegal. Now, one of the colonist leaders, Stephen F. Austin, seemed to think the petition for statehood was premature. And finally, Santa Anna had not yet taken over the national government from Anastasio Bustamante. The resulting inactivity would lead to yet another convention that took place on April 1st, 1833, which was the same day that Antonio López de Santa Ana assumed control in Mexico. The Convention of 1833 did begin meeting at San Felipe on April 1st. Now, this meeting was called to try and complete the work of the Convention of 1832. 1832. Okay, now remember, this is the one which San Antonio had refused to send delegates. Well, San Antonio's leader, Ramon Musquiz, once again disapproved of the meeting. However, approximately 56 delegates did attend, including Sam Houston, who served as a delegate from Nacogdoches. William H. Wharton was elected president, and Thomas Hastings was secretary. Once again, the convention petitioned for a repeal of the Anti-Immigration Section of the Law of of April 6, 1830. They also requested better defense from Indians, judicial reform, and improvement in mail service. They also sought exemption from tariffs, and even though they were in favor of slavery, they passed resolutions prohibiting African slave traffic into Texas. They also proposed, again, the splitting of Coahuila and Texas. Now, in a move that assumed the petition for statehood would be granted, they created a committee who was charged with preparing a constitution for submission to the Mexican Congress. This document was patterned after the Massachusetts Constitution of 1780, which they happened to have a copy of. The Constitution provided for a trial by jury, habeas corpus, freedom of the press, and universal suffrage. Now, David G. Burnett Burnett was chosen to head a committee on preparing a memorial to the Mexican government, extolling the merits of the Constitution and the organization of the state government. Juan Erasmo Seguin, Dr. James B. Miller, and Austin were chosen to present the petitions to the government. But since Seguin and Miller were were unable to go, Austin went to Mexico alone. The convention adjourned on April 13th. The Constitution of 1833 additionally provided for a legislature composed of a Senate and a House of Representatives, which were to be elected biennally. The state was to be divided into ten electoral districts, with one representative for each hundred voters. The governor was to be at least 27 years old and a resident of the state for three years prior to election. The governor's term of office was to be for two years, and he should not serve more than four out of any period of six years. He was to have the usual executive powers, but legislation was to be passed over his veto by a simple majority vote in both houses of the legislature. There was also a judiciary, which included a Supreme Court, three district courts, and such inferior courts as the legislature should determine. The jurisdiction of the offices of alcalde, commissario, and Syndical procurator was to be fixed by law. Judges were to be elected by the legislature for terms of six years, removable by impeachment by vote of two-thirds of both houses of the legislature. Voting rights were to be granted for all male citizens who were at least 21 years old, and officials were to be elected directly. There was a 27-article Bill of Rights, which included trial by jury, prohibited illegal search and seizure, and guaranteed other due process rights. It also affirmed liberties of free speech, but did not mention or protect religious liberty. The legislature was to establish free schools. There were to be no banks, and only gold, silver, and copper coins were considered legal tender. Stephen F. Austin traveled to Mexico City to present to the government the conventions, petitions, and the proposed Constitution. Rather than accepting the results in the Constitution, Austin was imprisoned, and another significant development in the chain of events that would lead to the Texas Revolution took place. Now, in my next episode, we move to 1835, and the revolution really begins. I'll talk about the Siege of Bear, the Battle of Gonzales, and some of the early leaders of what was to become the Republic of Texas. So until then, if you want more information on the history of Texas, Texas history, Hidden History of Texas, visit the Texas State Historical Association. I also have two audiobooks on the hidden history of Texas, one which deals with the 1500s to about 1820, and the other 1820s to 1830s. You can find the books pretty much wherever you download or listen to audiobooks. Links to all of the stores are on my website, https://arctx.org. Forward slash, forward slash, That's arctx.org. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash A-R-C-T-X-S, arctxs And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash A-R-C-T-X-S. So until next time, hey, please tell your friends about the program. I'd appreciate it. See y'all later. Peace, y'all.